This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Our children, the young children can go to class, but I want the young people, if it's all right to stay in here, I'm not going to be long because I'm going to speak to some things right now. Matthew chapter number 8. And um, we'll, we'll speak to her. Maybe we can get our Bible quizzers back in here just after service, and we'll, 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 we'll talk about that. But Matthew chapter number 8. You keep praying. If you want to pray, you keep praying. If you want to stand, you stand. You can be seated. Matthew chapter number 8. Listen to me right now. I'm about, to, I'm about to speak into your life. And I don't say this very often. But I feel like the Lord has given me something. And it's not words that I typed. It's in the Word of God. And I believe God has given me something. And if you listen to the Word of God and you receive the Word of God and you live the Word of God, you will leave here changed. I said you will leave here changed. I pray that you do not resist the Word of God. And if it comes across strong and it hits you right between the eyeballs, you need to receive it with truth and love from the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter number 8, verse number 23, and when he was entered into the ship, into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest, somebody say tempest, in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm, but the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Somebody's going to walk out of here with the testimony and say, my God is in control of it all. What manner of Savior is this that he controls every avenue of my life? What manner of man is this that he can calm sicknesses in my life? What manner of man is this that he can touch every part and set me free? In the name of Jesus, you can be seated in the name of the Lord. Amen. Biblical times, if you understand the Sea of Galilee, or if you've ever been on a sea, or if you've been on, the, uh, on a body of water, the one thing you do before you check, before you go out fishing, or before you go out too long, you check, you check the weather. I said you check the weather. Because what you don't want is to get it in a, in a, out in a sea where you can't control what's going to happen. You're going to get out into a place where the elements where you cannot control. And we find in Scripture and, and, and we find through the, 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 the children, not the, 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 the disciples did not want to necessarily go out and to go fishing every once in a while because of the fact of a storm coming or there is a, a waves coming or the wind is coming. If you understand the Sea of Galilee, one side was mountainous and the other side was more of a plain. And storms would swell up very quickly on the Sea of Galilee. And it was very sudden. It was a very, uh, it would, they would call it a tempest. It would be a, a strong wind. The Bible didn't say it was raining. He said it was wind that came. It was a wind that came. 
that came and caused them to thrust and to, to, to uh, perhaps even not be able to see the, the seaside. And the wind would come and cause so much, they would cause it, a, it would be called a great tempest that would happen in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But we find in Scripture the Lord was asleep. We can find in Job chapter number 38 and also Psalms 95 that the sea was often represented as a place that you could not tame. The sea is a place that man cannot tame. Let me say that again. A sea is a place that you cannot tame. This world is a place that you cannot tame. Let me say that again. The world is a place that you cannot tame. You think you got it whooped. I said you may think you got the sea whooped in this world, but really you are being tossed about. Let me say that again. You are being tossed about with every wind of doctrine, with every wind of saying. Can I just get real for a moment? We're going to jump right to it. Many times we let our kids be the wind of doctrine in our home. We let our job be the wind of doctrine in our home. We let family dictate the wind of doctrine that happens in our home. We allow Hollywood to be to dictate the doctrine in our home. But the Bible wants to, and shows us that we need to let the word of Jesus Christ show us the way. It needs to be the truth and it needs to be the light. I'm just going to be really real with you right now. We need to allow the Holy Ghost to be the thing that drives this church. Let me say that again. The Holy Ghost is in charge of this church. The Word of God dictates what's happening around here. What dictates what's going on. What dictates what, what decisions that we make. We, we pray over what God wants us to do. We pray over what God would desire us to do. And in your families, you need to pray that if this is not right, then we need to push this aside. We need to make sure that we are right in the word and right in according to the things of God. The Bible says that they were in that sea. The sea is a type of the world in this situation because it is not something that, uh, it is not something that we can tame. It's something that we cannot dictate. Many people are lost at sea. Because they think everything is going to be okay, but a storm sets in and they find themselves capsized. They find themselves in shark-infested waters. They find themselves in a depth that they never thought they would be. There was a story of, a, of, a, of, of four men on a, on a boat. And uh, it was called, the boat was called the uh, something Noel. Somebody can, if you ever heard that story. It was the it was a, uh, a story of the um, I'm going to jump uh, jump in my notes here real quick. It was a, a story of the Rose Noel of a boat of four men just going out for a small trip, maybe a weekend. I'm not sure how long was uh, uh, long they were going to be on that trip, and they had just enough supplies, but. What they didn't know that the storm was coming. They checked the weather, but storm was coming and caused that kayak or that kayak for that, that catamaran, if you will, to capsize. And they did not have enough supplies. They didn't have enough things on the boat. They didn't have anything to survive, but the boat was completely capsized. And they were standing and sitting on top of that catamaran because of the storm that came through. And for four months, they were lost at sea. 
No one could reach them. No one found them. The, 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 they, they began to look at the, look at the, the, of the, of the, the currents that would flow through the sea. And they, they, well, they went this way. But the sea actually took them that way. So everybody was looking this way. And they went that way. And they, they didn't understand. The family was in despair. The people were in despair. They thought that they were gone. They thought they were lost. But four men began to hold on to a promise of life. They began to hold on to a promise that one day someone will save us. One day we will be saved. One day we will find... They never knew that the wind was going to be there. I preached a message a while back ago that the devil in this world will take you places you are not prepared to go. Hear me right now. You are not prepared where the devil wants to take you. Because the, the sin and the things of this world, that wind of this world will come and it will slowly drift you to a place you never thought you would go. You'll find yourself capsized. You'll find yourself in a place that you never thought you would be, in a place you never thought you would go. That's what happens when the wind of the doctrines of this world come into us. But that's not really what I want to talk about just for a moment today. Because I've preached this message a few times about calming fears that God speaks to the, to the fear. And the Bible does say that why, in verse number 26 that Jesus said, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea that there was a great calm. And I, he rebuked and he said, Why are you fearful? But I want to talk about that tempest and what a tempest is. A tempest is something that is of a great wind. A tempest is something that we're not prepared for. A, a tempest is something you perhaps can't see coming. A tempest is something that you may not uh, understand where it's going to take you, what's going to happen, and what, what's going what's to, and we find ourselves in a place that we never thought we would be in. No way at any time, in any human existence, or any time in Scripture, any time of history, can man calm a wind. Can man calm a storm? The meteorologists can try to predict the storm. They can say you're going to have this much rain. You're going to say you're going to have this coming. But they can only tell you that it's coming. They can't dictate and take dominion over that storm. You know how rich somebody would be if they could control a storm? You know how powerful you would be if you can control a storm? I think there's a superhero out there. The comic books say that there's somebody that can come or can create a storm. I don't know who that person is, but that comic hero is or whatever it is. But the, you, we take, only God can take dominion over storms of this world. Hear me today. Only God can take dominion over the things of this world. And we may not feel that storm. We may not feel that wind. We may enjoy that wind for a while. But sooner or later... It's going to take you to a place you were not prepared for. In that moment of the tempest, in that place of a tempest, in that moment that you are in a tempest, we need to define what a tempest is in your life. Look to somebody and say, what's your tempest? What's your tempest? T-E-M-P-E-S-T. -E -E Here's what I know. And I pray that God will help me with the words to say and how to say this. There are tempests that comes up in each and every one of our lives that all of a sudden will take control of our life. And I'm going to say sometimes it shows up as an addiction. Sometimes it can show up 
and I'm not talking about drugs. Some of us have addictions that are not drugs in this place, that it controls your thoughts. Some of us are addicted to anger because that defines us. And anger shows up as a tempest, and it takes us down a road of destruction. Some of us have a tempest of addiction. Can I just be real real with you today? I would be a fool to think as a pastor that there's not people in here that deal with pornography in this room. I would be a fool to think that there are people that are hiding drugs that you don't want anybody else to know about. And it's becoming a tempest in your life. And it's starting to dictate everything else that goes on in your spirit. I'm just going to hit it right where, where some of you are dealing with a tempest of unforgiveness. It's going to get real quiet in here. That you lack, almost lack the ability, only by the help of God, to forgive. And you know why? It's because perhaps there was something you were not forgiven as a child. You were not forgiven as, as, as someone, or you weren't cared for, or you weren't loved. But let me tell you, Jesus loves you, and Jesus wants to forgive you. But the Lord cannot forgive unless you forgive. You will not make it to heaven. Hear me right now. I'm going to just say, I know I'm not quoting scripture, but y'all know what scripture says. You will not go to heaven if you will not forgive. If you have a falling out between you, you and a husband and a wife and you won't forgive one another, somebody's not going to make it to heaven. I'm telling you, God wants to calm the tempest of your life. The tempest shows up in many different ways. I've used this example. I'm going to use myself as an example. I was an angry young man, and anger ruled my life. Oh, I didn't show it all the time, because I knew how to control it sometimes. On the inside, I would, I would be raging, but on the outside, I had a smile on your face, praise the Lord. But on the inside, I was angry. On the inside, I was ready to knock somebody's head off. If one more person uh, uh, got in front of me, I was going to let them know. But I was able to, I thought I was able to control that tempest. But did you know there was a time that I, all of a sudden there was a few times that I couldn't control that tempest and the tempest got the best of me. The tempest got the best of a, of a wall. The tempest got the best of a chair in my home. The tempest got the be best of me in my life. And, and things got out of control because that tempest had control of me. But thanks be unto the Lord, when I knelt down in prayer one day outside in my yard next to my mailbox when I was planting flowers, and I pounded that tempest into the dirt and said, God, I'm tired of carrying this thing that's dictating my emotions, dictating my life. And don't you know that Jesus reached down and he forgave me? Jesus reached down and took that tempest of anger and brought me peace and joy and love in the Holy Ghost. Hear me right now. We have got to come together as a body of believers. And we got too many tempests going on in the, in the house of God. 
we got too many tempest things dictating our lives. If you don't have a, the capacity to forgive, go to God. He will give you the capacity to forgive. Because I can't control the tempest on my own. But I know if I meet God at an altar, God can renew my mind. God can renew my spirit. God can renew my attitude. Mm. All right. I know I'm hitting something here today. There's a tempest going on. I said, there's a tempest going on. And it's time to put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. I said, it's time to put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. Hmm. God's coming, y'all. We need to be about the Father's business. Not about somebody else's business. <laughs> Hear me now. I need to be about the God, God's business, not, not somebody else's business. <laughs> and I don't need to be about my business either. It's not about my business. You know, I was up at 3 o'clock in the morning last night. My, uh, you know, can I, I'll, just, I'll just share this. My wife was working from 7 till 3 in the morning last night, and I couldn't sleep. I kept saying, hey, you coming down? You coming down? I couldn't sleep. And let me tell you, that's a tempest in our home. She's working 80 to 85 hours a week till 2 and 3 in the morning, working downtown till 10, 11 o'clock at night sometimes. And I'm calling her. She's got her mace, and I'm calling her on the phone and making sure she's getting to her car okay. That's a tempest in our home. But I, I choose not to let that dictate my walk with God and my and frustrations. I'm allowing God to move a perfect work in our home and say, God, you know exactly what we need. And God, you can calm that situation at any time. I can let it get a hold of me. I can let it dictate my emotions. I can get angry about it, but I will not let that old tempest rise up again in my spirit and say, Lord, you are a prophet. Provider. Lord, you're you are a good God. Lord, you will provide everything that we need. There's a tempest. And I, I can feel it right now. There's a tempest in your home. There's tempest going on in people's homes. There's tempests that are going on in people's lives. And I've come to speak to that tempest. And I want to speak peace be still in that tempest right now. There are, you, 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 some of us are desperately wanting God to calm the tempest. But our hands got so, we have such a firm grip on it that we can't let it go. We can't let things go because we just, it's got a hold of us and we got a hold of it. and It's become our identity. But the Bible instructs us that in Ephesians chapter number 6, why don't you pull that up for me, Jacob, Ephesians Chapter number six. And if you know the word of God, you'll know what this scripture teaches and what it says here today. Let me just turn in my Bible. I love opening my Bible because I got notes in my Bible. I said I have I love to return to Bible pages because I got notes in my Bible. Eleven, verse number eleven. Verse let's start at verse number ten. Finally, let me let me 
me tell you what you need to do when you get in a spiritual battle with your tempest. But don't, because God will set you free, but the devil will try to well up that same wind and that storm, same storm in your life. And don't you know that God will try, that this world will try to bring anger back in my life? Who am I to kid that, that the devil, the devil knew what, I, what kind of attitude I had? The devil knew what kind of attitude I had at the campgrounds in front of a bunch of Pentecostal believers. What kind of attitude I had and, and the grudges I would hold and the things that I, I, I would say and, and the, the people I would try to walk over just to, to get satisfaction to my anger. But the Bible teaches us there is a spiritual battle going on in our life. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not my might. Huh? Not my might. Not my power, but by the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to know how to calm the tempest in your storm, in your life? You call upon the name of Jesus Christ. He says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What are you talking about? I'm talking about a tempest. Some of us are up and down in our tempest. It's got us plotting along in our life, and we can't ever get footing. You can never get yourself back. But I'm going to tell you, you need to put on the armor of God. Hear me right now. You need to put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Your brother is not your tempest. Your sister is not your tempest. Your pastor is not your tempest. It is the spirit of the Antichrist that's trying to rise up in your spirit to create a tempest to take you down a road that you, because it's not the flesh and blood that we fight, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. It's spiritual wickedness. You need to look at that tempest that rises up in your life. And if it's not of God, you need to look at that and say, that's wickedness. And I don't want no part of it. I'm walking away from a tempest and saying, Jesus, you're going to take care of that. I call upon the name of Jesus Christ. And I speak to the tempest that has me bound. I speak to the anger that had me bound and say, you ain't got no hold on me. I put on the armor of the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ. Ah. What the devil wants to convince us is that you're fighting your neighbor, that you're fighting your loved one, that you're fighting the church. You ain't fighting the church. You're fighting your spirit and the tempest that has rose up in you for years and years. But I'm here today and today I do not want to be bound nor will I be bound by the tempest of this world. I want to be free in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to love like Jesus. I want to be committed like Jesus. I want to be a disciple like Jesus. We are not fighting. We are, it is not a fight against the word of God. Hear me right now. We're not fighting the word of God. <laughs> Too many people look at the Bible. Well, I can't do that. Quit fighting the word of God. Pastor doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't believe that I have ever preached anything that is outside the Word of God. Because I, I have people in my life that, that will tell me if it's not biblical. Yeah, you know, I have my uncle. He's listening to our podcast. He'll listen to this one. And if he feels like there's something wrong, he'll call me if I got a bad attitude coming across the pulpit. He'll call me if I'm outside the Word of God. I'm here to tell you today, we're not fighting the Word of God. 
Some of us are fighting the Word of God because you raise up a standard, if you will, against the Word of God. You raise up a flag and say, nope. You don't belong here. No, God, I don't want you to go to this place. I don't, when we start fighting the word of God, then we begin to fight the people of God. Because they, our identity is in God. I wish you to hear me right now. So the tempest is your rebellion to the word of God and the people of God. And it's a place of sin. It's a place of, of deceit. It's a place of doubting. And it puts you in a place of fear. Bible says we are in a place of rebellion and witchcraft. Why is that? Is because when we know what the word says and we do it not, it is sin. And if you stay there, it's rebellion. So what I'm talking about today is rebellion, which is like witchcraft. And what witchcraft is is a spirit of the Antichrist. And a spirit of the Antichrist wants to dictate what goes on in the house of God. The spirit of the Antichrist wants to blow a wind of a doctrine, blow a wind of anger, go a blend of blow a wind of unforgiveness, blow a wind of, of, of selfishness, and blow a wind of self-righteousness. When the Lord says, I can calm that with one word, I can calm that tempest with just a spoken word and said, peace, be still. <laughs> we ain't there yet. I'm going to preach on. I felt like maybe I could stop, but I'm not going to preach on because I don't think we're there yet. I still feel a resistance in this room. And I'm going to keep preaching this way over the next coming weeks and months, and it may be hard on your ears, but I'm going to break down every wall. I'm going to break down every obstacle. I'm going to break down every tempest that rises up and say Jesus is on the throne, and that wind and that tempest is not going to dictate the church. It's not going to dictate the decisions that go on in this body of believers. We are not just a church. With a na- we are not a church with a name on a sign. I don't care what other churches are doing. I don't care how other churches schedule their services. I don't care what time they start their services. I don't care if somebody's got the best internet. Uh, God, I was, I was praying last night or I was in my office. I'm like, Lord, can we just get our website up? God says, I'm not concerned about your website. I said, Lord, we, we need people to, you know, help us with a lot of different areas and it would be great to have somebody do promotions for our church and somebody to do this. And the Lord says, I'm not concerned about all that stuff. He said, you have a tempest going on and you need to speak to the tempest. So we're speaking to some tempests today and the places of wickedness and high places. And we're going to bring them under the subjection of the Lord Jesus Christ. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Not just one thing. You know what I like? The shield of faith is not battered. It's not old. It's not wore out. The sword of the word, it's not dull. It doesn't wear out, brother. You know when people would come back from war, 
they bring back their sword, it'd have chips out of it. It'd be worn, they'd have to bang it back in place. But guess what? When it comes to the armor of God, it never chips. It, 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 it's always true. It is always right. It is always sharp. The shield of faith is not something that wears out or it loses its dignity, if you will. Uh -huh. Bible says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able, somebody say able, to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Verse number 14, what does it say? Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness. I mean, I got to stop there on truth. Having your loins girt about with truth. You can't have your loins girt about with truth if you don't believe the truth. going. Having the breastplate of righteousness. Somebody say righteousness. First one is truth. Next one is righteousness. And have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Here it is. Of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. I don't know how many times people will let the tempest of the dart dictate their emotions and their life. I will not allow the devil to dictate my emotions. Hear me right now. If you are in the presence of God and that tempest arises, you know where that tempest is coming from. And if you have faith, you don't have anything to worry about. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. I understand God gives us each of a measure of faith, but we need to grow in that faith. Hear me right now. We need to grow in that faith. And when something comes up against me, when somebody starts talking about me, somebody wants to try to destroy me, I can look at that tip and say, well, the Bible says it's going to happen, so I might as well just give it over to the Lord and get about my father's business. All right. I think I fell on deaf ears right now, but I... I think I have somebody in this place that is not going to be a, uh, not going to start ducking and bobbing and weaving and 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 you know what things of this world it will cause us to get so far because we we do more dodging than anything else. The Bible says, "Get that shield of faith." Look square in that tip and say, "You know what? Peace be still in the name of Jesus Christ." About to some something that starts to get my emotions. And I'm not an emotional guy until really I get in the pulpit. My wife, she used to tease me. She said, there's got to be something in there sometimes. Tina, I rebuke that laugh right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but when I get, I get stirred up when it comes to the things of God. I said, I get stirred up when it comes to the things of God. But I won't allow the devil to stir me up. Hear me right now. We don't need the things of this world to stir us up. Because all we do is it becomes a tempest that's beginning to dictate everything in our life. And we'll find ourselves going down a road we never thought we'd go down. I'm not going to allow the tempest to capsize me. Here we go. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Well, I pray, Lord, I love you. The Bible says pray in the Spirit. Lord, 
you're so good. Bible says pray in the spirit. Lord, you're just, you know, you're just, you're just like a good father. You're just a good, good father. Bible says pray in the spirit. It's okay to speak in tongues at home. It's okay to find an altar. It's okay to say, God, renew in me the joy of my salvation. Pray in always, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. What is the armor of God? Truth. Mm. You can't live truth if you don't believe the truth. Can I be really honest with you? Some of us believe the truth. You think you believe the truth, but you've been deceived. What are you talking about? We can worship with the best of them when the music's right, but you can't worship God when things are going wrong. You have been deceived. Because you've allowed a tempest to come before worship. Here's how I know this. I've experienced it in my life. I will carry things into the house of God, carry things in my spirit where I can't even utter an amen. I can't worship. I can't magnify God. I can't do anything until I solve that tempest or I solve whatever problem that is. You know, I've carried tempest as a pastor. Into the, into, the, into the house of the Lord. But before I come to a place of worship, I say, you know what? No, 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 no. No. You, I forget. I put those things behind right now in the name of Jesus. That will not dictate my love for people. That will not dictate my, my care for the body of Christ. That will not dictate how I pray. That will not dictate how I worship. They will not dictate. You know, when we have a tempest that's trying to well up in our life, that's when we need to worship God all the more. That's when we need to pray all the more. That's when we need to live for God all the more. to Matthew 8. I'm closing. Hmm. I know the scripture talks about fear, common to fear. And I, I believe that's, that, that's with the shield of faith. When we really have faith, there's no fear. Can I get an amen? Um, people say, you know, I, I don't worry at night. When I, I, I told Brother Calhoun, I said, sometimes I just can't sleep. It's not because I'm worried. It's really I'm, I'm praying, asking God, what do you want me to do? God, show me. Let, me. let me be in one spirit with you. Let me show me. What I, what I need to know. It's not worry. I am not, Wednesday night, I am not worried about whether we buy land or not buy. I just want to be in the word of, will of God. To be honest with you, I, I'm not worried about where we're going to be because God's got that. I'm just going to be about my father's business. And God will make a way when it seems to be no way. I've, I've had this Wednesday night, I've had it confirmed in many different ways. Men of God spoken into my life, feel like this is the right thing to do, so we're going to proceed. Not because I've been worried about things, but because it's just, you know, 
It's just it's the right thing to do. We're going to take this step of faith. And I'm not going to worry about it. In Jesus' name. I don't know how I got off on that, but we're going to get there. The Bible says Jesus stills the tempest in this scripture. Now, how did, how did he do that? He did it with one of the weapons of the armor of God. Of the armor. Gospel of peace. He brought peace into that situation. There's a scripture that, well, let me, let me say this. This tempest is a type of the world trying to dictate what happened to the believers. The tempest rose up. The boat is full of disciples, and, and Jesus is on the boat. The wind that tried to dictate where Jesus went. Tried to dictate where the disciples would go. But Jesus had it handled all along. He knew what was going to happen. And he says, oh, ye little faith. And, and then he arose and he rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm. The world is like the sea. And we are being tossed to and fro. But let's go to the book of Revelation and see what happens in the end. Book of Revelations, Book of Revelations, chapter number, I believe, 21. Now, don't get scared about Revelation. Chapter number 21, verse number 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. <laughs> I said, I saw a new heaven and an, everybody say new heaven and a new earth and the first earth was passed away and there was no more the sea is not there no longer to be the tempest in my life the sea could not produce any more tempests I'm going to read this again because I don't think you quite got that revelation quite yet and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. John was saying, I saw a new heaven and earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were packed. I used to be tossed to and fro, and tempests used to come. But I have seen a new heaven and a new earth. John was still alive on this earth, but he saw a new heaven. And a new earth. And the first earth he saw was passed away. And there was no more sea. The sea cannot dictate my life anymore. Because I see a new heaven. And I see a new earth. And I see a builder and maker who is God. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to get in the mindset, yeah, we may be on this earth, but I see a new heaven and I see a new earth that God is preparing for me that there is no more sea. There is no more tempest coming from a sea that will dictate. I don't know about you, but that should encourage somebody in the Lord right now. Because when you get a glimpse of Jesus, when you get a glimpse of heaven, 
When you get a glimpse of what he is preparing for me, this sea that is in this earth, the tempests that come out of it, it has no hold because I am walking to a place called heaven. I am walking to a place that the builder and maker is God. And I will be encouraged to know that I will put on the armor of God. God will equip me and truly furnish me. I got no notes. I've been acting like I got notes up here. But I, scripture just came to me. The Bible talks about this. That, and I've, I've been challenged by this by men of God. People challenged me and what got me to try to think straight and think right because God does speak through men of God. God does speak through women of God. Don't get me wrong, God speaks through vessels. God can speak to a donkey if he wants to. Sometimes we think people are donkeys. We think, I ain't going to listen to that. But you know what? God, if it's God's word, you better just, just line up and you accept it to be truth. Hmm. Now, if they change scripture just a little bit like Satan did in the Garden of Eden, you better be, you better have the armor of God. Because that tempest will get in you and cause division and all that stuff. I can open my Bible back up because I lost my train of thought. Evidently, God didn't want me to talk about that. God just removed that from my mind. Let's stand together. sees fit, he'll give me, he'll have our theme a year be, it's time to turn it over. Kind of a new leaf kind of thing, making things new, turn it over. You know, that's just a cliche. I don't want to just live in cliches. I want to live in the Word of God. And uh, I know in order for revival to sit in this house, and for revival God to move like he really wants to move. I, I talked about it on Wednesday night. The promise is already there. He's looking for somebody to sanctify themselves. Read the book of Joshua. They were not going to cross over Jordan until Jesus, and the Lord said, you need to sanctify yourself. Consecrate yourself. You want victory over your tempest? You need to consecrate yourself before the Lord. You need to ask God to forgive. We're going to pray. It's not a, it's not a, uh, a song that should drive us to an altar. It should be the word of God. 
it's not my voice that should draw you to, the, to an altar. It's Jesus. Hear me right now. It's not men that draws us to an altar. The Bible says he calls us to a place to be with him. So I'm going to ask you to pray right now. If you need to lay hands on yourself, you need to do that as well. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.